yeah, I don't want to go to jail for anything. I'm much too, like, weak. And you're pretty. You are listening to the Stand Up Dads Podcast. This is hecka boring. Yeah, it is. Let's try again. Anyway, you are listening to Stand Up Dads. This is Rob and Mike, and we have a special guest today, Tom Maley. Yep. From KNCI 1051 in Sacramento. How's it going, Tom? Good. Thank you for having me here. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thank you. The real coming. deal. Yeah. Yeah. We have actual talent. Yes. Sorry, Jay. Actually, <laughs> the guy I work with is the talent. I'm sort of, he's the skipper. I'm Gilligan. So, whatever yeah. works, man. <laughs> Gilligan's like the yeah, that's the hard one to find though. Gilligan's the one that's the funny one and the it mis- <laughs> and messes things up a lot. That's, that's okay. what comes with it. Yeah. At least you got n- named in the title because you have a third one that doesn't even make so, it. So well, we've got it's it's Pat, Tom, and Cody, and Pat and I have we've been together. It's our twenty it's our twenty eighth year. Wow. At the station, and Cody's been with us for for a couple of years. Cool. It's just it's kind of like it's easier to just say. Pat and Tom show. Sure. It's a law firm is what it is. It's He's got to, at some point, you're like, yeah, man, 10 years, then you get, you can be a partner. Yeah. You just point that out. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. yeah. Bring that like, up to her if she makes yeah, any noise about it. 28 years, man. So yeah, 10 years, you, you become a partner. We'll yeah. Put you on at the same day. station? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That makes sense. Well, to it's me. amazing that you've had a station that's around for 28 years. But I know. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. I think that we are, I think we're the longest running morning show in Sacramento history, but Armstrong and Getty are like right behind us because they started okay. like six months before, so we just want to outlast them. So. <laughs> You've been wanting to retire for, for so many years, but they won't. <laughs> You're like, we are going to be on a plaque at some point, and you guys... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been a long time. I, w- when we first started, it was like you know, Garth Brooks was the hot thing, yeah. and rodeo shirts and dusters and stuff. And you know, now we're into the era of uh, Thomas Rhett and Kane Brown, and it's just uh, the, the, for for me and country music, it's just it's changed so much. We've seen so much over almost three decades. Well, God, when you started, was probably about the time I was going to like the saddle rack yeah. in San Jose. And I remember that. They were like the shirts with the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was totally... With the flames the on it and the yeah. pearl buttons and mm-hmm. yeah, pearl American stamps. flag, the whole yeah, thing. Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I was into it. Yeah, it was Travis Tritt. The yep, Brooks and Dunn and Alan Jackson. Bulletproof. Great and album. Yeah. And yeah, we would go to the saddle rack. You and I both, you probably don't remember any of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Yeah. Mine. Probably not. I re- we but have uh, early publicity photos of the two of us with uh, bolo ties and oh, wow. uh, little kind of vests, <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, uh, lawman, Texas lawman vests. Yeah. Look back. It, it, th- thank God my mullet was super sweet back then. Because that kind of, <laughs> and Pat's hair has always been perfect. So you really just look at our hair and you don't really notice the rest of it. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mold. forgot about like the pearlized button stuff. Yeah, they yeah. used to have that. Yeah, pearl I remember snaps. that. Yeah, yeah. Those are know. still cool. There's still Western shirts that have the pearl yeah. snaps. Yeah. My kid has a couple shirts like that. Yeah. yeah. Six years old, redneck, but <laughs> <laughs> no mullet. Though. I love Just old country. I kind of like that's what I well, still listen to. Are you a musician? No, all those guitars are me for years trying to learn. My dad played and oh, like okay. he's the one that got me into it so a lot of those guitars my dad gave me the one that on the right you got that rickenbacker right in the middle that's a tom that teddy one, special that's that beautiful. one i bought that one for me because 
for years I had trouble because I'm I'm like I got little freaking like hands. I'm little, <laughs> and I'd always be like, dang, I can't do the stuff that they're telling me to do. And then when I saw that guitar, they're like, oh yeah, that's what John Lennon played. It's like a three quarter size. Oh really? And they're like, it's good for um, like rhythm. And I'm like. You can play the three quarter. <laughs> like I was always told. Like I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, why not? Well, I'm like, because I was told it's like a kid's guitar. They're like, well, no, you can do what you want. I'm like, yeah. I'm getting it that goddamn good. guitar. That, well, that was getting that, was that, the, guitar, that was the yeah. guitar Tom Petty had, and he was a small guy. So now I'm thinking that that's mu that must be why I've never heard it before. But that yeah. must be why he used that. Yeah, it blew my mind. It was one of those wow. things where I was like, man, if I had known that. Like as a teenager, it would have helped a lot. To so be honest, you, know? you got that guitar straight from Tom Petty for some heroin. <laughs> no, okay. I'm like I got it at guitar. Man, center. I can't <laughs> laugh at anything about Tom Petty. I had a chance to see him yeah. like six months before he passed away. Oh, and at the was that the Golden One? It was. I believe. No, it was, was not. Right it was. There. It was at an LA show. No, there was that show too. So yeah. I had two chances to see him. And I was like, I'll get him next time around. And I'm, I'm, I'm never doing that again with any artist that yeah. that's on a bucket list. And yeah. I just love that guy so much. His music was so. It will always be great. Just yeah. had some issues, had some troubles, but yeah. man, what a what an well, artist! What kills me about yeah. that guy is he didn't have those issues till he was like, that's well, true. Like yeah. in his forties. Did you read the book that, no. about him? Uh, I think Warren Zane wrote it. Okay, and that that's true. He he was pretty much. You know, not a square, but yeah. um, he he didn't get into that heavy. Stuff. And I forget was it because he was he was kind of banged up from from uh, yeah, being on the road it. and stuff. I think yeah. that's what it was it happening. Yeah, yeah. But that's what happens. You think about like you know the op opioid epidemic. Not to take this yeah. into a weird turn, but no, no. Prince, oh yeah, Tom Petty. I'm yeah. leaving out another one. Uh, Michael Jackson. Michael yeah. Michael Jackson. <laughs> but, but I mean, no, seriously, all these. It, it, it was it all kind of is part mm -hmm. of that greater yeah. epidemic that is is plaguing our country and it's really just, yeah. just sad the pain meds yeah especially or like what they'll prescribe you like right away like with my mom at one point they had prescribed her um xanax and we didn't really know anything about how that is and luckily like my dad when she started taking it like they like to bicker and bug each other like mm -hmm. it can be funny sometimes but they that's how they are they love it and he knew right away he was like bugging her and she was just sitting there like taking it and he was like you're getting off of that yeah. mm -hmm. but if you don't have that like, your mom never took it from anybody yeah to, yeah, for her to take yeah to not say something yeah. or whatnot but yeah he was just like it's it was so weird and she was just like yeah it just you know you could totally see she's like you can see how you yeah. can get addicted to thing, it if, if you have an addictive personality yeah. or or you just or trust just the doctor which is you know what we were yeah. raised to do trust what the doctor yeah. says and and then you know it gets out of control, and I'm I'm yeah. glad that finally there's light being shed on it, and hopefully uh, hopefully the problem gets under control. Yeah, well, I mean you would know this way better than I would, but it seems like artists don't make money off of making the music anymore; they make money off the touring. Oh, a hundred percent. Unless yeah. you're in the stratosphere, that's sure. absolutely what, true. What's funny is I just watched that. I was telling you that special. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a it was a movie eight days a week. The Beatles mm -hmm. and uh, Ron Ron Howard like basically follows them on their touring. And that's it was the same for them, at least until they made Apple. Mm -hmm. They're all their stuff. They were like, we made our money off the touring. And then they, they show that really well in that of how like grueling it was or whatever. But all that early stuff. They there, were just, there was an artist. Uh, and this, this is kind of the only like inside view I have. Of, and, and this was 15, 20 years ago now. But there was an artist from Sacramento named Kevin Sharp who got big. He had a, a number one song called Nobody Knows in the late 90s. And then he had a couple of top five hits. 
And talking to him one day, he came into town and he, was, he brought his tour bus into town. And Pat and I got on his tour bus and we did nice. our show from his tour bus as nice. we drove around town, visited his high school and stuff. He was telling us that uh, at that time, his record label had loaned him $600,000. And before he made a dime on anything, he had to pay back every cent of that $600,000. And he was barely an opening act. And he had a really successful first album. So it looked like things, the trajectory was sure. good. His label, the president of the label left or got fired or something. Somebody else came in, wanted a different roster of artists. He was dropped. Uh, a oh couple of God. other big artists were dropped. And um, and none of those three, because Nashville, any, the music business in general, is very much, it will just grind you oh, up yeah. under the wheels. And he didn't get a second chance. And wow. he may have paid back that. I'm not sure. But they, so many artists start off you know, in debt, and it's... It can be several years, especially if they don't write their own music. Wow. Um, and that's a whole other... I know I'm going off on another tangent, oh, yeah. but, but writers are, um, are are getting screwed now, too. Um, me. Used to be, you know, the saying in Nashville was the writers live in the big houses, um, but that's when people bought albums, yeah. and now everything's streamed, and they make fractions of a penny on every song that gets wow. streamed, and that whole revenue thing has to be figured out because Nashville's songwriting community has shrunk. Like I've, I've heard by 80% uh, from some people and it's not just Nashville. It's, it's LA and it's sure. New York and it's, it's just, it's a tough, tough business. And that's never wow. good for music in general. I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's all going to be the same stuff from the same people, Yeah, yeah. which is what we're getting. You're it happens getting. in entertainment. I think like, cause then you, you think in terms like that blew my mind seeing the Beatles thing where I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like they didn't make money off those early ones. Like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they do later. I don't know. But like when I did, I did a couple cartoons like like pilots for Nickelodeon, mm -hmm. and I realized then, and talking with the guys, that basically, like on your first one, you're basically getting like five percent of the net. So it's like when they're done with everything, right? And the guys who make money after are the ones that their second one. So like Mike Judge, like basically made nothing off of Beavis and Butthead till they did the movie, wow. and they had to renegotiate that. And then when he did King of the Hill, uh -huh. he had. So then at that point, you're able to negotiate. So it's about leverage. Yeah, and, and or if it's so popular, like the rare ones are like um, SpongeBob. Mm -hmm. it's like it's so popular that they gotta. But if not, like you basically the guys that you could make a show and have. I always thought like, wow, you have a hit show, you're set. Yeah. It's like no. You gotta. They can also work it so you don't hit like the the amount of episodes you need to hit, kick in the next payments. You know. Um, yeah. It, there, there, there's yeah. even uh, I know with, with musicians a lot of times the the artist the singer will try to get in on a songwriter and get a credit because then that's a little more that's that's a little more revenue for them. But that's why so many artists, especially in country music. <clears throat> um, but I, I think across all genres, um, they just they tour and they tour hard because, yeah. like you said, that's where they that's where they make their money. Merchandising is is gigantic for them, you know, and, and fan club stuff and, and everything else. Wow. Now, wow, you know, if unless you're like a, a Garth Brooks who can see into the future and you can grab your destiny early on, yeah. and wrestle it to the ground, there are a few artists that have done that. But man, it's tough to do. Well, his wow. crystal ball was a little shady when he went uh, with his alter ego. With uh, Chris yeah. Gaines? <laughs> yeah. 
That was a little uh, questionable. Chris Cage. <laughs> Dang it. He's like, oops. But to, to me, that that's part of what makes Garth so lovable. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. got a he's got a goofy weirdness to him that yeah. you can't really sometimes you can't predict what he's gonna he do and try yeah. out for the Padres. I mean, that's awesome. Yes. He's yeah. following his dream. He's, yeah. Here stand up dad podcast. I think he is a great example of a goofy dad that's not afraid to try stuff and is gonna embarrass his kids sometimes. Yes. Totally. But yes. at the same time, he's the funnest dad in the room. I bet. Yeah. He's the funnest dad at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Although yeah. you know what? His kids are probably just as embarrassed as ours I'm, are. I'm, totally. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It. Except they gotta see it on TV where it's like, no, my who's school saw it. <laughs> Dang it. You know? And then they get to whine as they walk into an yeah. escalade. Yeah. But. I know. At least Olivia gets to like like cut it off where it's like, okay, oh this damage has damage cloth seats. <laughs> <Yeah>. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's their punishment. The sound yeah. system's not great. <laughs> oh, man. So 28 years at the same station. It's always been the morning show? It's always been, yeah, with, with Pat. It's just been, uh, I'm, I'm so freaking glad I got paired up with him early on. There's not too many people that you could work that long with. We're together five hours a day, five sure. days a week. I probably see him as much as I see my wife. He's not nearly as pretty. Uh, <laughs> I should hope not. But <laughs> yeah, it's he's he, yeah, so I give, you know, all the credit to our success to him and to the bosses that never fired us and to the, the to the listeners who've stuck around. So Yeah. So 5 in the morning to 10 at night. So you got to get up at least what? No, till 10 in the morning. 10, I'm ten. sorry. 5 you in the morning to 10 in mo- yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. I'm, uh, I'm a radio geek but not that bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm up at 3:30. Um okay. Pat's up at two thirty. Oh wow! So he's he's there probably forty five minutes before I am. Okay. I'll come rolling in about four fifteen or so, and then I don't really like to talk or say anything or look at anybody until like right at five. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So yeah, a couple of cups of coffee and then we're we're off and going. That's awesome. And now people are going, what the hell is this guy doing here? Well, you've got kids, so tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how'd they get a real talent in here? Yeah, let's see. Uh, kids. We, I have uh, three. Uh, they're 26. That's Emma. She lives down in L.A. She works at a talent agency. She, the, the, she's the, cool. the people in the office represent actors and stuff, and then she's kind of their assistant. She's, nice. She wants to break into that. Cool. Uh, and then I've got a 22-year-old son who is an EMT. He's getting ready to uh, to hopefully make it into nursing school. Nice. Wow. And then a 19-year-old who is at uh, Washington State University and thinks he knows everything at the moment. <laughs> He's a college sophomore. So Sounds like my six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like yeah. six and then college sophomores. That's when they think they know everything. <laughs> And so I constantly have like this rotating uh, wheel of favorites among our three kids, and, and right now he's he's <laughs> yeah. it's not there. The clothespin has not landed on him for a while, <laughs> but it will again <laughs> until until you need an answer for something or so. I'm gonna have to call him. <laughs> he he is, he is a smart kid. I don't like arguing with him because he wins. A lot. <laughs> he, he I, a lot of times, I, 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 if, and this has been since he's little. Yeah. He's the one that I've most often said because I said so. Yeah. When it just <laughs> gets to the point, you know what? Because I said so. All right. Just yeah. Go do something. Help that he's the third kid too. By then you're done with the effort. But oh, yeah. <laughs> it does weaken them. Yeah, I was. I'm the third. So by yeah. that point, my mom did say that before. I'm we, the fourth. You I, tell I've, it, yeah. I had. Uh, I've got. 
an older brother and two older sisters, and and they're quite a bit older than me. I I came along 13 years after the last Oops. one, so I I'm not sure Oops. I was supposed to be here. <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, and my parents by at that time they were just you know like here's some scissors, go run out in the street. I was kind of on my own, you know, a little bit. And uh, it, it I think especially when you're the young one, you mm-hmm. got to fight for. You gotta fight for attention. You gotta make some noise. You gotta bang a drum. Yep. Yeah. You gotta be the troublemaker. Play a guitar. The, yeah. Yeah. Bug them. Yeah. Too much to get some sort of attention or. What about you? Were you? I'm an only kid, and I only have one. So, but I wasn't spoiled because my dad was like, start working at you know when I was 14 and got booted out of the house when I was 19. So mm-hmm. I, when they say, oh, you were spoiled, I'm sure I well, I got all the attention. Good and bad, mm-hmm. but <laughs> right. it, you know you had no one to blame. It's for, tough to hide. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's there. The spotlight's always on you. Um, Did you have a lot of friends? No. <laughs> <laughs> Which explains the podcast. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm used to talking to nobody. <laughs> um, I mean, I've known him since I was six. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's great. Great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so, I, I mean, love we that. weren't always close, you know, but it just always, you know, we always ended up being buddies at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. it's good because he's got the good memory. He won't admit it, but there's a lot of stuff where I just have to ask him, like, or he'll say stuff. I'm like, you could be making it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> thank God you're around so I at least know some of the things that happen. Like, Well, so Saddle Rack, you mentioned that. Uh-oh. Um, nah, maybe I don't want to. <laughs> embarrassing fact about Mike. So I'll throw in embarrassing facts about Mike on some episodes just to see if he's listening. Like a litmus test. But you'll do it usually when I'm not on here. So yeah, this is the first. Okay, so I get one so here. So <laughs> the night I met wi- my wife, um, I was 21, I think, mm-hmm. and we met at uh, Katie Bloom's. I was with you, and I think Pendergast, and I think uh, Brian. Oh yeah, that sounds about right. And then we were kind of sitting around, and I just wanted to, whatever. And I was like, "Come on, let's go. We got to go somewhere else. This is boring." And then there was like a fight or something, and someone like dropped beers on these two girls, and we ended up, they ended up talking to him like, oh, God. And then, okay, we're going to the saddle rack. Okay, finally. And these girls are coming with us. <sighs> All right, fine. You know, because it's two of them and four of us, whatever. So we end up going to the saddle rack, and then this guy ends up trying to kiss my, uh, who ended up being my wife hmm. uh, on the dance floor <laughs> that night. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow, it just got awkward. Yeah. I know. That sounds well, great. Well, he also married us. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I was the official. Okay, now it got weird. <laughs> yeah. So there's all, it's all. But see, it works all right because I don't remember any of this stuff. Yeah. And it's not even like. Wait, you don't remember marrying? No, no, no. I remember that. <laughs> okay. I remember that. But like some of it is, you know, because I would drink to oblivion back then. But also, <laughs> like, just, I don't know, as a kid, even later, like the ADHD, what, like, I, there's whole grades I don't remember, like what I did or what we learned. He'll be like, "Remember when we were when we were going over this stuff?" I'm like, "No, no. yeah, <laughs> like we did." See, I'm, more, I'm more like you. I remember. Yeah. I've got. I've still got a lot of my friends that I've known since kindergarten mm-hmm. and, and up in Washington State where I'm from, and you know, we'll we'll talk about stuff and I'll bring stuff up and I'm. I find myself wondering if I'm making it up because yeah. nobody else remembers. See, the, everyone, every group of friends needs you guys. You guys are the ones that are like We're the, the historian. The friend historian, <laughs> yeah. 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 Where's that? Uh, what's the, uh, yeah. there's a fancy word for that. Not scribe, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you are the historian, the scribe, the, yeah. But like you were saying, well, you're like I'm seven years younger, so it went my, my sister's nine years older and my brother's seven. So they came out. Bang, bang. Mm-hmm. And then I was seven years later. And I remember as a kid trying, because 
you know, like you said, getting the attention, trying to, and I'd always, my, I had a, my brother's great, my sister's great, but I, I bugged him at one point trying to tell him, like, when I realized, I remember what I was probably nine or ten, I realized, like, hey, you guys, I told him, like, you guys were accidents, and they <laughs> planned me, you know? <laughs> they wanted me. That's such a sibling <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. And my brother's like, no, no, actually, um, we were products of passion. We were oh. love child. He goes, you <laughs> Or a coldly calculated tax break. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's an accountant, and I remember going like, <gasps> like, like, he's right. All of a sudden, the picture came it into made, focus. It made like perfect sense. I was like, <gasps> she would do that. I was born nine months after my dad's birthday. So oh, there oh. You go. I think my mom forgot to get him a card. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Your dad didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> and here and here I was for the next <laughs> 28 years of his life. Dang, that's awesome. <laughs> Wait, I was older than that when he passed away. I'm bad at math. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so it sounds like, you know, you got three grown kids and it sounds like they're all on the right paths. I yes, yeah, they're I'm proud of each one of them yeah. even the college kid um <laughs> no i i love my kids i think the it just it kind of dawned on my daughters they're all three they're just they're funny kids and i think as a for me like humor is everything and to have three kids who can genuinely make you laugh to the point where you sort of forget for a second that they're your kids and they're just a really funny person. I mean, they're smart and they're kind and they're compassionate and empathetic and everything else too. Yeah. But man, they've all got really good, keen, sharp senses of humor. And I'm, I'm proud of that. I, I love that. I love yeah. that. And my family, because my side of the family, my, my wife's side is very diligent. She's, um, she is, uh, she's, she runs the house. Got it. She's definitely, she's the pat. And <laughs> 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 But yeah, she so she she You've kind got of, your real wife and you got the work wife so. and they both are the ones they fill the, they fulfill the same role, yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, my family has always been kind of a little uh, kind of out there and and you know, my dad was real loud and demonstrative and showboaty mm-hmm. and and my mom was very wickedly funny and stuff and yeah, and they just they they kind of got that, you know. And they've also got mom's work ethic which I don't necessarily have. All three of them work their tails off too, so yeah. that's good. Yeah. Very cool. That's cool. No, so, I mean, it's like, it's nice to see a success story because, you know, I've known a lot of people that, especially on our age, you know, it's like their kids are going down the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's kind of made me, what are we going to talk about? It was like, and I'm manage, managing expectations. Yeah. Because uh, I'm sure that, you know, because when they're born, you're like, oh, my kid's going to conquer the world and oh. he's going to be the next face on Mount Rushmore. You know, it's just, yeah. and yeah. then you realize, oh, he's eating paint chips. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> Yep. Maybe I need mm-hmm. to scale that back a little bit. So, no, I mean, I'm guessing you had to change, you know, your expectations when they were born. I, no, now. when they were born, I yeah. had, I set the bar really, really low. Cool. So that that way, it, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they're walking by four, I'm good. Yeah. No, uh, they, um, I, I, my wife and I, I think agreed early on just to let them be who they're going to be and just try and help guide that. And, you know, what I was telling you guys before we started was kind of on the flip side of that, our, our middle son was diagnosed pretty early with Tourette's and some ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so he had some, and he had some kind of learning challenges, uh, especially in grade school. Um, and he was real fidgety and, and, and wouldn't sit still a lot. And I think he drove a lot of teachers crazy, you know, took him to a couple of different specialists and stuff. And it was about, he, he, he had a couple of teachers. It, it's funny. I, I just saw a survey today, which interviewed a thousand Americans. Um, and said, can you think of a teacher in your life who made a difference 
uh, positively, you know, that contributed to the success that you've achieved in life? And like 88% said absolutely. And I think That's you can probably think of one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they like pop into your head the yeah. second. Scott and, and Hildreth. For, yeah. uh, what's that? Scott Hildreth, They're, astronomy teacher at Chabot. Awesome. Shout yeah. out. John yeah. Bender, he was a uh, teacher at uh, San Jose State who, yeah, yeah, he totally was that type of teacher that was just like, uh, I'll just help you do what you want to do. And I was like, I can do what I want to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he, it, yeah it, it's awesome. It, and, and it's no knock against the, the teachers who maybe didn't quite sure. understand him or whatever, but he had a couple. He had one in, in fifth grade named Mr. O'Connor, and that was at Vensel Brown Elementary. And then at Bulljohn, he got this teacher who just today, as we're recording this, is retiring after 28 years there. And is, he's a woodshop teacher, and his name is Dwayne Calkins, and he runs a program called Woodshop Rocks. And people may have uh, heard of it. it. He has kids build guitars. Awesome. So awesome. They're electric guitars, and they're absolutely beautiful. They're works of art. And he's done that program for about 20 years. He said that uh, um, he got tired of making spice racks and you know, knick-knack shelves. They, they're mm-hmm. just boring. Yeah. So he actually went and to a luthier and learned how to, to make guitars, got all the stuff, set it up, and he's had hundreds and hundreds of kids go through his program. And he was one that recognized that my kid had a lot of sort of excess energy. And, and he recognized that and kind of challenged him and, and, and took him under his wing and, and got him this first year in seventh grade to sort of focus. And, and really, you know, in that class, you plan your guitar and then you build it over a period of nine months. So wow. it's one guitar over nine one months. guitar Sweet. over nine months. Wow. I got to make sure nobody loses fingers. Yeah, because they use like real equipment in there, <clears throat> mm-hmm. bandsaws and everything else. It's amazing. And and so this guy, anyway, he was a guy that he gave my son I, I, and the other teacher his first shots of confidence. Like, oh, I, I, I outside of family, sure, uh, yeah, I can do something. I can, I can plan this project and see it through to the finish and make this beautiful guitar. And this first one was awesome. And he ended up TA and for the guy next the, the next year, he ended up building like six guitars and they nice. all hang in our house. I can't play awesome. any of them worth a the crap, but they're <laughs> beautiful and I'm so proud of him. And he is too. And th- but that's so that's sort of the opposite of what you're talking about. Yeah. Everybody starts and, and Joe's yeah. a great kid. And, and what I guess my point is uh, what he learned like through Dwayne's class and stuff and then uh, other people along the way. Um, is uh, is is you know, it's a cliche, but put your nose to the grindstone mm-hmm. and work your ass off, and he's done that, and he's now an EMT, and he's been accepted to I think seven different colleges for nursing school, nice. which is going to start next year, and he works harder than anybody else, and he still has these learning challenges, and he accepts them and just he just steps over them. Nice, you know what I mean? That's freaking yeah. cool. And yeah. I'm, I'm super proud of him for that, and and but that's going to serve him well the rest of his life. Totally. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because you yeah it pops in your head the good teachers, and then yeah you do remember the ones too that were <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah and again which it, are still good in the long run. They, yeah, it's they not necessarily a knock on somebody if, if 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 my kid drove him nuts. I can understand why. You yeah. know, he was pretty fidgety little guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, and if if you're not built for that or whatever, then oh sorry, but yeah, it, it, and and that's why I think it's so important for. I think some parents want to like protect their kids so yeah. much. It's okay to let them be exposed to, you know, like other adults and other ways of thinking. And, and I really believe in that yeah. mantra. It, it, it takes a village. I, totally. I, there are so many positive people in all three of our kids' lives that have influenced them in positive ways. You know, my wife and I, we do what we can. But beyond that, you know, you, you look for people who can help too. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and failure is not always a bad thing. 
Yeah. It, failure is not a bad thing no, it's at actually, all. Yeah. yeah. It's how you respond to it, which is the exactly. Big thing. And if they never do, then when the first time they do it, and unfortunately a lot of them, the first time they do it, someone they're in college. Mm-hmm. And they crap their pants and come home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're, Pat's got a, a, a mantra that uh, you know, it's not the mistake, it's how you fix it. Exactly. That's and, good. And I think so many people are afraid of their kid. And here's the other thing, I'm going on for a rant. Um, but so many people, I think they look at their kid consciously or unconsciously as like a status symbol. You yeah. know? Oh, it's like yeah. It's like something to brag about rather than just let them be who they are. You know, yeah. Um, it's like the mom, the celebrity moms that are paying to get their kids into college. Boom, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's like the kid may have not have wanted to go to all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. saved yourself half a million dollars and some jail time. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, and and really, why do you want them to go to those schools? Is it because yeah. they're the best schools, or is it because of your next co- next cocktail party you want to yeah. talk about your kid going to Harvard? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I went to state school, and look at me. I'm in this apartment right now doing a <laughs> podcast with you two guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I went to state college too. Wait a minute. Is that how we go to podcasts? <laughs> I went to junior college and I didn't graduate. So <laughs> here we are. Uh, no, Tom Segura, comic, um, hilarious guy, does a joke about how parents are like that. It's like, yeah, well, my three kids go to Harvard, Yale, and Princeton. It's like, yeah, but you got four kids. I was like, oh, yeah, he's out back. <laughs> Well, I saw it. I, I coached my uh, youngest son in, in Little League for years, and you see it at that level. And, and Pat did, too. Pat was very involved with uh, his older boy and, and, and baseball, and we would always come in and compare notes. And, I mean, one of the things that, that both of us really, uh, I think, strongly believe in is, you know, you're there to support and, mm-hmm. and, and, and guide and, and hopefully are able to stay on the track that they should uh, but you would see, we would always laugh. It's like, you want to tell some of these parents, hey, your kid's not going pro. Yeah. Just let them enjoy the game. I remember there was yeah. one guy in our league. There's always these parents and stuff. There was there was one coach in our league when they were eight and nine years old, and one of his kids, his shortstop, missed a ball, and the guy got up, and he had a big bucket of balls oh, that he'd been sitting on, and he kicked the whole bucket of balls over and delayed the game because, like, 30 baseballs go... Because oh. the kid missed a grounder? Really? Yeah. yeah. Seriously? Yeah, ridiculous. You know, and that's an extreme example, but you see other examples of that where they're just, like, desperate. It's just like, let your kid have fun. Yeah. Let him, yeah. you know... Uh, my mantra, when I was coaching, I always said, if your kid finishes the season wanting to play next season, then I've done my job. Yeah. That's totally. It. I agree. I yeah. don't want to ruin their love of the game because yeah. it's not something they're – maybe they'll play it in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Let's <laughs> knock Hold on, on the door. Yeah, on the door. Yeah, yeah. let's pause this. Knock on the door. Hold on. <laughs> okay, so we have okay. an interruption at the door. But, yeah, no, it's a great point of if a kid that you teach or coach wants to come back next year, there's your success story. Yeah. Yes, um, exactly. You don't want to yeah. ruin the, the love of the game for it. What I was going to say is, you know, they may – Played in college? Probably not. They're yeah. not, probably not going to go pro. But if they're on a softball league with their friends from work for the next 30 years, yeah. that's what it's all about. Totally. Yeah. Really. And that's a way more fun. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I like what you had said before about like your success is having three kids that are funny, which means they're also able to like probably talk to everybody and they're well adjusted, be, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. I had a, I mean, there was one that I probably mentioned it before, but like when my daughter was in TK which was like now they've created it before kindergarten. They're like four and a half, five years old in there. And at the end of that year, I helped a lot. Like every day I was in there because I work from home, I can go help. And one of the dads was like, 
uh, can Olivia count to 100? I'm like, uh, no. And he's like, you know, my kid Kevin can, you know. He's like, can, can she do this? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, my kid can. He's like, yeah, we're going to skip to first grade. Or what am I? Great. And I'm thinking in my head, I've been in here all year. Your kid doesn't talk. <laughs> your kid sits there with snot dripping out of his nose. Like, teach him to speak because you're going to end up dead. You're going to end up with him going like, I can count to 100. Like, one, two, three, four. Oh! Two <laughs> words for that guy. Todd Marinovich. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you're going to die, man, with him. I can count to 100, Dad. I can count. I would have liked friends, Dad. I would have liked that. You know, like. Wow, this just went really dark. <laughs> <laughs> really dark. Yeah. But, but that's the idea. It's like, wow, man, that's. It's at five. Yeah. The craziness. Yeah. Well, that kind of yeah. goes in. Okay, so we'll go into the, some of the studies, you know, just because we're touching on all of it. Uh, like one, And I'm going to post links to all these articles talking about high expectations hurt performance for the dad who thinks they're I don't kid. think it's bad to set expectations no. for yeah. your kid, they but need to be, be realistic. realistic. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, they did a study. Um, again, it's going to be on the link. Parents with high expectations had kids that performed well with ma- in math. Kids that had, Parents that had unre- unrealistic expectations, their kids screwed up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even like they did average. They actually did worse than, you know, than the average kid. So the whole, it's like a, a Goldilocks zone of aim high, but mm-hmm. not too high. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, you can't let them just, I don't want to do it. Okay. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you nailed it before. You're saying just be realistic. When I, I coached high school football for nine years, and I had a kid, I coached line, and this kid was 5'6", maybe 125 pounds, and he wanted to play defensive end. And I was like, okay. Um, you know, I mean, and he was athletic. He was like a physically gifted kid. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm like, you know, you know, and he's like, no, that's okay. And it's like, I just want to be in this group. I'm like, okay, but, you know, you would actually play more if you went to, because he was fast, and I'm like, mm-hmm. why don't you go over to the, you know, be a safety yeah. or something. No, I want to be here. And the coaches and I, we would take bets on whether or not his dad was going to take a swing at me. Because after every game, why didn't my kid play? Why didn't he do this? He should be starting. Mm. The thing is, he was he was like a really good swimmer. Mm-hmm. Like that kid, we're talking was it junior Olympics and stuff like that. You know, you mm-hmm. know, caliber of swimming. But he was doing football because his dad wanted him to play football. Okay. And oh. I remember there was a game we were doing well, and I said, "Hey, you want to get in?" No, coach, I'd really rather not. Wow. Like, yeah. No, so swimming was his passion. He was, exactly. Yeah. He was doing it because his dad made him. And this is where he liked it. You know, he liked being with the hog bodies. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I felt so bad for that kid. And, yeah. You know, and after every game, I'm just waiting for the guy to come. You don't know what the hell you're doing. I'm like, we haven't lost in two years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, I can statistically prove I felt yeah. horrible for that because he was a great yeah. kid, too. Mm-hmm. He was, he, you know, it was just like, I was like, I hope my kid comes out like this kid. He was yeah. that good of a kid. You know, he was physically, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And he also yeah. knew he didn't want to disappoint his dad. Yeah. Um, so I just. And probably was smart enough to realize, like, I don't want to go in there and get injured and mess up what I like yeah. doing. You know? Bingo. That's yeah. how I left um, <laughs> doing football in high school. Because yeah. I was like, I should not have been out there. Like, I, I actually wanted to play, but I was like 125 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, I was tiny. And I was out there, and the second year, I got speared by one of my own teammates. Yeah. Couldn't feel my arm for like an hour uh-huh. after. And I'm like, I want to draw <laughs> when I get older. <laughs> I was done. I was like, I'm done. And the coach was like, you coming back next year? And I'm, nope. Nope. It's like it really woke me up. Like, oh, this could permanently like 
ruined my I arm. No. Freshman year, I played eighth grade and freshman year. Freshman year, there was a guy. I was the same. I was skinny and like probably at that time five six five seven and i was a safety and this guy from the other this other school his name was joe obert and he was like six eight with one eye in the middle of his forehead <laughs> and he was a big red-headed kid but he was a tight end and he caught a pass and i was the last thing between him and the goal line and i'm not making this up i'm not exaggerating much i grabbed on to his thigh and he gave me a ride into nice. the end zone. I bet you tried. We, and when we fight, oh my you God. Tried. I was, no, yeah. after I latched on, I was just like trying to hang on because I didn't want. So we got into the end zone, and I'll never forget this. He, I think he did it on purpose. He then fell down, uh, and I just remember his butt coming into uh, view of my face mask no. and blotting out the sun. He broke my face mask, it cut my mouth open. Uh, I was bleeding. Everybody was laughing, and it was at that moment where I thought, you know what? I am going to try basketball next yeah. year. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. Just <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. I won't let my kid play. It's, I was every coach's nightmare because I was a freshman, 5'10", like 180, and they're like, oh, this guy's going to be a monster. Mm-hmm. And my sophomore year, I was 5'10", 185. <laughs> my junior year, I was 5'10", 185. Right. <laughs> my senior year, I was 5'10", 190. Isn't that crazy how kids... I saw that in baseball. Yeah. We had kids that were like six one when they were in seventh grade, but then they were yeah. six one when yeah. they yeah. finished, and it was like and sophomores. The coaches would look at me in disgust when we would start double. Like it's your fault. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Why haven't it's you like, grown? Where's your yeah? I grew sideways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's see. Uh, one of the other ones talks about stop comparing uh, your kids to other kids when you're setting your expectations. Um, yeah. Which you know, it's kind of common sense, and they focus on shaping and getting rid of that all-or-nothing thing mm-hmm. and just getting happy with small victories. Because, you know, And I'm sure you had to do that a lot with your kids. It's, I don't know, it's just kind of cool seeing. No, yeah. I, that, that's another thing. It's, it, it, it's not about winning is great, but there are other, you're not going to win every time. Yeah. And there are other takeaways. You know, it, it, again, it's a cliche, but did you have fun? Did you? Yeah. You know, I've, I've played basketball for, I still play once or twice a week. So for a long, long time, and you know, even on the most miserable day, you walk off. It's like, well, I hit it. It's like golf. Mm-hmm. It's like golf. Golf. Yeah. Nobody ever quite masters golf. No. And every time, almost every time you play, there's that one shot that you know. If you focus, you can focus on all the misery and, yeah. and you know, the lost balls and stuff, or you can choose to focus on that one shot that felt perfect. And I think that's that's really important. Just yeah. kind of an attitude to have in yeah. life. It's you like know, me with comedy. Yeah. Oh my God! I'm awful, and <laughs> but I still feel good after I go up. I have so much respect for comics. I think just to be able to go up there with just a microphone and try and get the audience to pay attention to you for however long—that's scary yeah. as hell. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually to me, it's just I don't. Maybe it's an only kid thing where it's like I have everyone's attention. <laughs> could be. Whether, yeah, because I'm always nervous, no matter uh-huh. what. But I love it because of that. Because. Once you've done it, then it's like, and what I also loved is it taught me some good lessons Whether it was like the same thing. I I really felt it helped me a lot with like pitching cartoons and stuff because Mm -hmm. you'll pitch stuff and people will look at you like they hate it because they're concentrating. Mm -hmm. Then they'll tell you after if they like it. And that's why I saw what the comedy is like. I do one set, it'd be at a comedy club and it would kill. Then I'd go and do it at this bar at 10 o'clock on a Thursday and it's all like college kids just realizing they're not going to get laid and, <laughs> and it would go horrible. Mm-hmm. And people, boo, you suck, you know, like, <laughs> like, but it's like, wow, man, I'm doing the exact same set yeah, yeah. and I'm not messing up. I'm not trailing off and 
It just shows. It's like wherever you yeah. go. Yeah. Even after a bad set, it still feels better than not going up. Yeah. You but still feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty like an elation, you know, the feeling that, oh, like, sure. wow, man, like I did that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of a non sequitur, but I was looking at uh, expectations. I found a kind of a funny quote on one of the things. If you expect nothing from somebody, you are never disappointed. And I was like, all right. And we've all heard that. But then I saw who it was. It was Sylvia Plath. This is the poet that killed herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. So maybe not the best. Again, uh, another dark wow. turn. <laughs> a dark turn. It's how I go. Like, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. All right. We are back. So yeah, we had the downer uh, quote by Sylvia Plath. Got a better one, though, from Bruce Lee. Uh, <laughs> I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations, and you're not in this world to live up to mine. That's uh, a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure no one could live up to Bruce Lee's expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's We're Bruce so Lee. He could say yeah, that. Exactly. We're so glad that he said that. That's it's like, like thank ri- God. Rich people who say money doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, there there is truth to that. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you've got to be happy with yourself with whatever it is you're doing. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, especially nowadays, you, you look around and, and you want to compare yourself to everybody and everything else. Yeah. And you kind of have to step back sometimes and just go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I happy? Are my yeah. are my kids happy? Is my wife happy? Are my friends? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, it could all fall apart tomorrow. As long as I got my friends and my family, I don't care. You know, as long as I can still go fishing, I'm good. That's good. So, what do you say to someone that's miserable all the time? <laughs> 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 that's what I'm working on. Um, <laughs> let's see, and then we'll wrap this whole thing up with hey, there was one that said four tips to setting realistic expectations. Kids, a unique individual just like all the others. Mm-hmm. Don't set expectations based on yourself, which I think is huge, because I think like that kid with the dad, right? Um, you know, just because he may have had a chance for a college scholarship for football doesn't mean his five-foot-six kid is going to... Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll give you a good example yeah. of that. My youngest and oldest are more in line with me as far as sense of humor, and Joe, is he's got a great sense of humor too, but it's different than mine. And, and sometimes... Will kind of clash a little bit or whatever. He's he's just got kind of a different. Mm-hmm. He's a loud kid, <laughs> <laughs> but I would never ever ever try to change him to to be anything other than sure. than who he is. Yeah, yeah, because you're working against different criteria. Yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. be a mistake too, and then he'd be pissed off all the time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the expectations thing, like this week, um, like my daughter's been asking for a long time to. She's like, I want to be on Nickelodeon. I want to start trying to do that stuff, you know. And a friend of mine had said, oh, we found these auditions. So I'm like, okay, let's let's sign up for that. And it was kind of cool. She did it, like, from Monday to Tuesday. She memorized the lines, and we went and did it. She did fantastic. Like, I would have been terrified. She first got pulled up to do it in front of the whole crowd, and she kind of froze. And then what was cool is when she did it again, she did it, like, awesome. So, like, I was, in that, I was just amazed. But then it turned out it was, like, a scam. It wasn't really mm. an audition. So that was really hard to talk with her and get her to, like, kind of understand, like, you know, we're going to do more of this, and this is a good thing because the main thing is what you, you know, you getting to go do it. It's like, you mm-hmm. know, this is, this wouldn't have turned in, you know, probably turned into the, the one you'd get picked up or anything. But it's really hard on that stuff to, like, realize, like, dang. And there's so many creeps out there that prey on on parents and kids Mm -hmm. dreams you know what i mean so cruel yeah Yeah. it was totally that it was set up to be like instead of what they were saying which was presenting themselves as you know representation it really was just 
$4,500 for this class mm. and like three months of some sort of marketing, you know? So right. it's like, man, the families that were there, yeah. everybody, of course, the kids, you know, you're there because your kids are excited and... You know someone's going to pay it. Someone's going to pay it and it's cruel. And, and you even know when you, 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 kind yeah. of, you, you think consciously you're lowering your expectations, you still, yeah. you want to give your kid those opportunities too. So it is easy, It even if you're trying, even if you have like a realistic grasp it's still easy to get sucked into that vortex yeah because it's so alluring but could you imagine when we were young saying hey dad i need 4500 bucks to be an actor yeah (laughs) it is true we always have to remember that i still have a black guy yeah i would (laughs) here's some scissors tom go play in the street yeah (laughs) exactly go to the freeway this time yeah yeah (laughs) go play frogger on the freeway Yeah, they not only would have laughed, they would have then called my grandma and like laughed with them on the right. phone, and then they would all tell him, tell him, it would have got brought. Yeah, it would have got brought up at like Thanksgiving. Hey, it's, Mike, come over here and tell us. It's that. the actor. I, I would have been able. Ha 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 ha. It could have been. Okay, somebody. do something funny now. Ha ha ha. He can't do it. He can't do it. Look, he's crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, for those of you out there that want your kids to be actors, probably not going to make it. Uh, <laughs> your kid's not going pro. Yeah. See, in my mind, it's mostly like just like you're saying. Like, I just want them wanted to get to have the opportunity yeah. to go do it. And we're looking. And like, I have a friend who actually does acting around here. And what was cool, what she was saying is like, you know, we're going to get her into more like you know plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, if she actually does get into one, it would be good for her to see like. Does, is this even something she wants to do? Like, I might even have her just come to watch my friend do mm-hmm. it because she's like, she probably doesn't realize you'll be there for this commercial like 10 hours, you know, mm-hmm. like to get to go and see like, no, it's not just the end product. It's right. the same thing as any other thing. You're going to be there. This is a job. This is work yeah. when yeah. you're going to do it. So see how much you like it still. Well, I got a, a, yeah. a friend whose son ended up, he's playing basketball in Europe now, but in high school, he played uh, at a local public school and he was one of the only elite athletes that stayed in a public school mm-hmm. and this guy he had played pro basketball and we asked him one time why why don't you you know get your son into in one of these private schools where he's going to be seen he says they're going to see talent talent's going to get found doesn't matter if they're in a public school or private school talent is going to get found and, yeah. and that was pretty profound to me yeah um, yeah it made a lot of sense and you can see it early on you can see yeah. those those kids that have it and it ain't oh, yeah. they're not very many yeah. i've seen a couple like there was a kid who he was a month he was like six four as a junior and he was like 300 pounds mm-hmm. but it and he got a little bit of a tire on him but he he was one of those guys that it would be so easy to just rely on your strengths and you know because he had big strong upper body mm-hmm. and you know all that and like after practice, the kid, this kid would be running on the uh, across the field with a parachute behind him, working up his speed. Yeah, because he was realizing this is where I'm weak. I need to build this up. It's like that kid's going to go somewhere. It's so, it's yeah. talent potential and then work ethic. And yep. I give another quick example of yep. that is is Pat's oldest boy uh, just finished a, a college baseball career, small college down in Santa Barbara. Played for four years. Good high school player. Knew that he needed to work his butt off just to get to you know some sort of next level sure. in college but he did it he did all of the work that was necessary and then some yep. and was able to carve out a little bit of a career that he will be able to look back on you know uh, so cool. for the rest of his life but he worked his tail off yeah. uh, to, to get to that point yeah 
I mean, the last I heard the kid I was talking about, I think he went to Arizona State, and I think that was it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just it's awesome to see because it makes yeah. you feel good. Yes, like, yeah, and uh, that I like the f- idea of them wanting to keep it as something that, like, when I'm teaching animation and stuff and illustration, I always tell the kids like, I still like to draw for fun. You know, like I want you still to, yeah. like, you know, even if you don't do this as a career, yeah. like this is what you, you know, that's what I w- want. I would love to see that. Yeah. With, you know, if Olivia does love doing it, that's some of my friends that are still doing it are doing it because they love it. They're not yeah. doing it as their main job. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like in shows because they like they love well, doing it. Who did you it. guys with with yeah. comedy? Because both of you told me yeah. off. You, you, you yeah. do it because you love it. You're not making a living at it, but yeah. you do it because you you enjoy it. Yeah. It's it's a creative release. Totally. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I was just thinking. So you're gonna have to be okay with your daughter being a street performer. Uh, a street performer. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know it's one of those things like you said. Where it's always been like I want to try to like help her with what she wants to do, but I also in learning that term, that lawnmower parent, because yeah. before I'd always be like, you know, on my high horse, like, ha, 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 like I'm not, you know, the helicopter parent. But then when I heard the lawnmower one that, like, gets rid of obstacles for them or <laughs> stands up for them, I'm like, oh, yeah. God, I got to back off a bit. Mm-hmm. But I want to, yeah, whatever she's into. And the main thing I've tried to do is, like, whatever you're into at the moment, because she was really into ballet as a kid. Sure. It was like, when we sign up for it, you're going to finish it. So as long and she did it for a few Mm -hmm. years and then she was like halfway through one year she's like this is the last one I want to do I'm like okay and then when it was done she finished it and like swimming was the same way she did one season of it which was great because I couldn't swim as a kid so it was like (laughs) it made her a good swimmer and like that was one thing I wanted to check off like Mm -hmm. I don't want you doing trying to learn to swim like I did in college Uh you know but like at the end she was like I don't want to do this again it's like okay but you finished it Mm -hmm. like no I'm not gonna be okay with you like quitting in the middle of something but Good. other than that it's we'll pretty do it. it's pretty simple but it's important and it's yeah like, finish it and then you know if you decide you want to do it again then don't do it again mm-hmm. you know like a lot of quitting my kid <laughs> <laughs> That's a T-shirt. Yeah. That's a good That's a t-shirt. Father's Day T-shirt. Yeah, there there's a lot of somebody quit. get on that. <laughs> Holy crap, that kid! We should quit. make that. That made me snort. That was a good one. <laughs> okay, let's wrap up the uh, expectations. Your kid's a unique individual. We talked about that. Don't set expectations based upon yourself. The third, be clear and consistent. Which mm-hmm. I can't make it any better than that. And, it, and it, God, be forgiving of yourself. You're going to make so many mistakes. Oh, I already have. You know, yeah. and you will continue to. And it, it doesn't end, you yeah. know, but yeah. It, yeah. it's okay. I like know we said my earlier, kid's going to be in therapy. It's just how <laughs> bad does he need it? <laughs> That's how I felt after that audition. When I found out, it was like, when I saw that they were trying to get people to sign up, I was like, oh, I've scarred her. Anybody <laughs> who, th- who, who looks like they're doing it right, they're faking it just like everybody else. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, I learned that uh, one of the comics we interviewed on the Gag Podcast, um, he always looks, and he's a kid, he's like 22, uh, Parker Newman, hilarious guy, and he just looks like he's made for this stuff. You know, he looks confident up there. I mean, he looks, he's kind of Woody Allen-ish, mm-hmm. but he looks like he owns it up there, and he was talking about how freaked out he gets every time. I'm like, <laughs> dude, it doesn't show. He's like, no way, man. I'm, I'm Dude, you're yeah. whatever. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, we're all full of crap. That's the main tri- the <laughs> Fake main it trick. Fake you make it. Exactly. Yeah. And then the final one, and I think this one's key, erase the all or nothing attitude, because I think that's one I got to work on. <laughs> In what regard? What, 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 yeah. What would, um, let's, let's turn this into a quick little therapy session for you. Yeah. What is the all or nothing? Because well, I was just raised with like a perfectionist kind of thing. So oh, if you don't, okay. you know, I was 
have constant memories of like working on something and having the tools sticking out of my hands. Like, ah, oh, you're doing that wrong. Hmm. And I catch myself doing that to my kid. And then I, oh, nope, here, go back. Go, 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 go. Every first Saturday of the month, Home Depot does a... Uh, have the a, kids build things? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've been, he's gone to like a dozen of them. And at the beginning, I know I did most of them. Right. Because uh, he was like four when we yeah. started, you know. And he just didn't want to... He would just kind of get scattered. Sure. He just wanted to pound on stuff. Yeah. Now that he's six, you know, it's like, okay, no, you do it. And I have to... I can physically feel myself restraining myself, trying to pull it out. Go, no, 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 do it. Do the it. real test is, is going to be when your kid has a science fair and he's got to come up yeah. with a science project. That'll be the real test for you. <laughs> so you've got a few years to work towards that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah that's going to be... Ugh. Look, it's already bugging him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've, I'm almost the opposite. Where I'm like, yeah, I, I wasn't perfectionist. I was more like, have fun, do the drawing, yeah. whatever. So it's hard on her because she's perfectionist. Yeah, she's like, I. So I have to try almost talk her off the ledge a bunch of times where she's like, yeah. she just wants to give up if she can't get it perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm like, you look at how much better you are from the last time. Look at the last time. <laughs> like, I want to be yeah. the slacker dad. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. What's right is to be in the middle. Yeah, I, yep. I, mean, I still remember my science projects from seventh and eighth grade. I can't remember them. The first one, I think I borrowed Deanna Garcia's rat and I put it in cages with different colored stuff to see if its uh, heart yeah. rate would go up. And I didn't know what the hell I was Did doing. Did it do it? I couldn't get the heart rate, so I just made up the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and I got third place. You got third place? <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Again, fake it till you make exactly. it. Wow. And then in eighth grade, I did a similar one where I had people listen to different music and see if that affected their heart rate. And I got third place on that one again. Wow. And I'm trying to remember. I played like classical. I think I played like Ingve Malmsteen and some other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that soul sets the, the date of our high school. Yeah, yeah. or of eighth grade. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I will be up my kid's ass like, don't fake your numbers. Uh, <laughs> Because that's what I did, and I still kind of regret it. <laughs> uh, let's see. So this is the first time we've actually had someone that has had a success story and got the kids out of the house, and we've never even considered what it's going to be like, you know, having the empty nest. It turns out well for most people. Yeah. I think as long well, as you're, you know. But you're living it. You know, there's that yeah. whole empty nest syndrome, you know, where you've raised your kids, and now they're all gone. Now it's just you and your spouse. Yep. Sitting quietly across from each other eating our soup. So how's that working for you? <laughs> we sit quietly across from each other and eat our soup. <laughs> There's got to be more to it. No, it's uh, Joe still lives with us uh, part-time, okay. um, so it's not total empty. But yeah, you. we actually, we've got three dogs, a uh, cat, and right now we have four ducks. So we got a, when Sam was a senior, we, <coughs> he wanted to get a duck. And I was like, that sounds funny. Okay, let's okay. get a duck. Yeah. So we got a duck. And so her name is Regina, and she's like four years old now. And we just got some ducklings and, um, you know, a little soprano, Tony Soprano thing going on. Um, <laughs> but we, we, yeah, so we've got, we've got, uh, like, I guess we, we we have these we have these distractions you sure. know and when yeah. we go we, you know we go do more stuff i'm yeah. able to because one of the things with i know we got to wrap this up but yeah. i mean we, at yeah. least for for me working mornings all those, all these years is um, i always had afternoons free so yeah. i got to spend more time with my kids cool. than most dads and probably more than they wanted me to but mm-hmm. 
I got to coach and to you know help them with their projects or whatever, uh, or just be around them, sure. and um, and that was such a blessing. So for me, it's a it's a little weird because I don't have these duties anymore, and so I, I have my wife would tell you I've I've had a little more of adjustment period than than she has, and you know like I'll go out sometimes and you know just try and train the ducks to do tricks. And, <laughs> Just, if That's you ever cool. get ducks, don't try that because it's not going to work. <laughs> no. So, yeah, still, still trying to find my way there. That's awesome. <laughs> I think Dad's yeah. losing it, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I've had kind of that issue just with the fact of like being <clears throat> where we're sharing um, custody, you mm-hmm. know. So that actually makes it. Sure. It took a long time. Even now, I still have trouble trying to figure because I do the same thing. I work from home, so I'm with her even at her school, and then when she's gone. Then it's like I have to plan ahead, so I have stuff to do. If yeah. not, then you're just like hey, you're a wreck when she's not around. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, like it's your whole thing. Well, and that's that and was then, exactly my kids were yeah. like everything. I I, yeah. I actually enjoy being around them. Yeah, you know, uh, I know that's weird, but I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that that's a little bit challenging sometimes. I I go to the gym, play basketball. Work in the yard, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, naps. I, it, th- that my uh, nap time has improved a lot. I get oh, pretty regular nice. naps, which is good. Well, that's that good. brings up. I found an article that talked about the plus sides. Mm-hmm. Um, naps. Yeah, <laughs> instead of going to the dark, you know, side of it, and you know, going to the uh, optimistic side. And yeah, your time is your own, mm-hmm. which is the first thing they list, which makes sense. Your house is as clean as you want it. <laughs> that's that's true. really true. <laughs> yeah. You can focus on your relationship, and I wonder sometimes if more people split up during this time because they realized the relationship wasn't that great, or like the kids were the the glue holding it together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like we're working towards you know because we all have coworkers that we work well together but don't like. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I can only speak for my wife and I. It's yeah. been kind of like getting to rediscover you know a friend because we get cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, we that. we enjoy Good. spending time together, and it's it's kind of nice to to not be bonding necessarily over the kids or have that. You know, we can focus on e- each other and sure. go wine tasting or, or you know hiking, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, yeah, uh, that's nice. Cool, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, because I think as much as we bond over the kids, we'd fight over the kid as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we like, spend a lot of time talking about the kids. Sure. If they knew how much time we spent <laughs> talking about them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard because it's like the goal is to make them self-sufficient and strong and able to be this independent person. But at the same time, like you said, I feel the same way where it's like, but I want them around all the time. But mm-hmm. the goal is still to make them independent. And it's like, yeah, yeah. trying to get ready for that. Yeah. Good to see that it's working all right for you. So far. <laughs> she hasn't killed me yet. It's always good. I remember when my dad retired. He just ran around the house breaking stuff just so he'd have something to fix. <laughs> Drove my mom nuts. I'm not at that point yet. Yeah. So. She may go around the house and yeah. break stuff, so I'll fix it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. You're going to yeah. be busy for a while. <laughs> we ended up getting him a bike just to get him out of the house. So it was great. <laughs> Let's see. The last positive they list is they come back to visit. So... Like you still get to enjoy them, but I they don't stick around. I love when they come back. Yeah. Emma was here a couple of weeks ago, and, and it's I love it. I love it. Well, then it makes you wonder. And it shows if you did a good job, if they want yeah. to come back to visit. It's just like really the coaching point. thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do another season? Do you want to come back and see Dad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yes. true. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Wow. Like, yeah, if they feel that way where they're just like, no, I, I've seen them enough. 
Yep. That would suck. There's my <laughs> test when I be when I'm a parent. It's like, do I is Owen gonna want me around tomorrow? I don't know. But then I wonder, like, with the boomerang kid thing, you know, where kids go away to school and then they realize that life isn't so great mm-hmm. and they end up coming back. I mean, does it just break that whole cycle, or does you just start over again? And I don't know, man. We we're not quite there. I think that the kids know. We've talked about it enough that you know, like Joe, he's he's at home. Sure part of the time now and it's out of necessity and, and that's sure. totally fine but well, he's in school yeah he's not yeah. going to be in the room in his back room playing Fortnite for 14 hours a day that's not going to happen yeah so he, he works and he goes to school and so it's fine he can have a, a free free room for from us yeah i know people my age that play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a story about a bad daddy <laughs> you know all these things that make people great dads now we're going to talk about the bad dad for the week Fairfield father of 10 accused of child abuse. And here is his quote, I am the Indiana Jones of spirituality. Uh, that already right out the bat. Like yeah. anybody says something like that, you're like, I don't like oh, him. I, I've heard about this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. I know who you're talking Just about. Just came out a couple weeks ago. Fairfield, California, father of 10, accused of torturing his children. Jonathan Allen uh, claims he's a peaceful man who is the Indiana Jones of spirituality. The allegations are that he sadistically tortured his children And he says his kids were manipulated and brainwashed by police. Uh, He added that he's a follower of Kabbalah, which stems from Jewish mysticism. Isn't that what Madonna did a few years back? At the the 80s. Yeah, I just want him to explain what he means by Indiana Jones of spirituality. What does that even mean? Who knows? Yeah. Um, Just cool. I don't. don't He's he's been charged with seven counts of torture and nine counts of felony child abuse. You see stories like that, and you just always go back to, you need a license to have a dog. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't need one to have a kid. And it's just frightening. There's people out there who want kids that can't have them. Yep. Yeah. And it's just not. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy, it just gets worse. Uh, investigators yeah. believe nine of the 10 children were abused. Children described the incidents uh, resulting in puncture wounds, burns, bruising, injuries consistent with being shot with a BB or a pellet gun. So yeah. Indiana Jones getting target practice i don't know yeah makes Um, no sense unsafe living conditions feces on the floor what the yeah i just don't get it where it's like like you said where it's like there's and i'll run into people like that where i'll talk to them and it's like sometimes they'll have that like this guy does where it's like a totally unrealistic idea of what they are or they're just like well i'm this i'm the father but it's like when you talk with them you're like well you don't spend time with them and you don't pay your like you're, you're not doing anything. Like yeah. And one kid says he was abused. It's like okay, maybe they just didn't get along. But nine out of ten. Well, it's obvious that guy's got mental yeah. problems. Mental problems. So yeah. Jonathan Allen, congratulations! Congratulations, you are our bad dad of the week. Yeah. Uh, let's see, comic of the week, Jason Anderson. He's a local comic. I've seen him at all these open mics. He's always been the nicest guy. Uh, and then I realized all the stuff he does. Uh, he's working on a podcast called One Degree of Separation which addresses um, suicide uh, wow. among the comics. Cause oh. Apparently it's kind of a prevalent thing because mm. every couple of years you hear about... Well, I just uh, saw yeah. a, a news story earlier this week and it was they were down at the punchline and there was a comic. Maybe it's the same guy. Could be. 
where he's talking about the d- the depression that yeah, he that was on he, the news. Okay, and there were yeah. several other comics that joined him, and they talked yes. about it. And it was it was good. They they got it out in the open. They, and I think that's the most important thing yep. with something like that is so, it, yeah. you, you share your story, and all of a sudden you realize you're you're not that alone in yeah. your challenge. Working on he's getting a backlog of episodes right now, mm-hmm. and he does live shows too. I think they do it at Laughs Unlimited. Oh. And I think once they get a couple more in, they're going to start putting him out. So one degree of separation. Uh, definitely, he's a funny guy. Um, we talked to him the other night, and just we were in tears just the whole time, just <laughs> over nothing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Jason Anderson, you're our comic of the week. Uh, you got any plugs? Uh, this will be coming out uh, June 16th. Just listen to Pat and Tom show New Country 105.1 KNCI. If you could give us like a half hour, 45 minutes every morning, that'd be super. Yeah. It'd <laughs> be awesome. I checked it. out the site, uh, and you guys have some cool clips on there, although they haven't been updated since like... Were you talking about the podcast that I do? No, or? the radio show. Oh, uh, um, yeah, we. That's that's kind of in flux. That's that's something okay. that's. Uh, it, well, that, I was trying to get clips from there, and there was one like where you had a mom that was talking about uh, the ice cream truck. She would tell her kid that it only played music when it was out of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to play that on here, and I'm like, that's ah. a great trick. <laughs> yeah, we have a, 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 a digital department that is uh-huh. like having they're they're kind of rearranging things, so I'm not sure where that's at. You can check back in and yeah, that's um, cool, and see where that's at because we'll put like best of clips yeah. on there. Yeah, and that was that's great. Was, yeah, and then you mentioned you had a podcast. I've got a podcast called uh, uh, Write Your Song, and it's with Nashville songwriters. Uh, ninth episode drops tomorrow. Um, and it's with artists that have, if you're into country music, then you're probably into story songs and, and mm-hmm. like the stories behind the songs. And this is with like some really, I've been lucky and gotten some really big names cool. that most people have never heard of sure. um, because they're the songwriters and they write for people like Jason Aldean and Tim McGraw and Faith Hill and Shania Twain and uh, all these people. Uh, Kenny Chesney, but they're artists, they're writers like uh, Brett Warren and, and, and Jeffrey Steele. Um, sometimes we get uh, singer-songwriters like Ashley McBride, who is a brilliant singer-songwriter, country artist, Bryce Long. Uh, the guy that I'm uh, featuring this month is named J.T. Harding, and he's written Sangria for Blake Shelton. And it's fascinating to listen wow. to these people, not only because the stories behind the songs, but what we were talking about earlier, having a focus and a goal mm-hmm. and, and, and being kind of single-minded of purpose in your pursuit of that goal. That's mm-hmm. what these people are. It, it, it's, you can listen to their journeys and you can take something and apply it to your life, even if you've never come close to a guitar <laughs> or a pen and a paper to yeah. write a song. Totally. It, it, they're, they're brilliant people and it's, it, I love doing it because I sit there for a half hour, 45 minutes, and I just learn from awesome. these guys. It's cool. Yeah, and that's cool. Was called again? It's called Write You a Song, and it's available on all podcast platforms. Perfect. If you, just, I know if you Google Write You a Song podcast, it'll pop up. Perfect. And yeah. it was drop on Fridays. No, they drop. Oh, it's once Tuesdays. a month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, once a month. Cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're doing plugs, and I thought you were going to make fun of me because well, no, every time we try to do the plug for my website, I always mess it up because early on I would have trouble how I was going to say it and then each time he'll just start laughing because you and it makes it worse because you got to look at him like trying to not laugh what it is you nailed it last week but uh, (laughs) anyway uh normally I'd be talking about the pod fest but that already happened according to when this gets published oh okay um so anyway email us the standupdads at gmail.com I'm going to start putting embarrassing facts about Mike in again Mm. so if you want to hear something uh about he Mike. does that because he knows like 
I don't want to listen to it again because I don't <laughs> like listening to myself. And I always like, and then, yeah, that's how he started to do it because then my friends that listen to it or whatever will tell me like, oh, I heard uh, <laughs> your mom called you Pickle when you were a kid. I'm like, what? <laughs> How'd you hear that? And it's like, oh, man, now I got to listen to it and find it and <laughs> tell him. When he married <laughs> us, his nose hair was way long. So yeah. I don't remember a word he said because the whole time it was just breathing. Yeah. So breathe this out. stuff's being said so that <laughs> I have to go and listen to it and like, Make him stop. <laughs> Menace. And then what was the other one? I don't know. Yeah. But, Dang yeah. it. So, uh, yeah. These stand up dads at gmail.com. And I'm still waiting on international listeners. So I'm starting to believe the stats aren't real. So, <laughs> my podcast, I've got two people in India. And I'm stoked about that. That's super see, cool. I see, there's someone in India that listens to a bunch of ours. We had Iran was our fifth most downloaded country. What I think they're, I think they're service people. I, Probably, I think that yeah, yeah. there may be Americans living abroad. Have That's American cool. Soldiers in Iran, because if we do, there's problems. Uh, <laughs> well, there's there's stuff going on that we don't know about. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, the UK and Ireland, uh, we've got a bunch there. Canada, we got a bunch. We had someone. From Hopefully, China. though. Yeah, because he keeps asking to try to see if they'll write so we can get yeah. some dad Someone like ideas from other countries, you know? Well, I want to know what it's like, you know? Oh, yeah. absolutely. That would be yeah. a yeah. really interesting angle. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, and you can check our Facebook page. It's <laughs> at Stand Up Dad's Pod. Uh, we send, you know, just funny links or whatever on there. Uh, we'll do a serious stories once in a while, but no one seems to react to those. So, yeah. Uh, Mike. And then if you want art or animation, um, you can go to my website, which is pencilforhire.com, pencil, F-O-R, hire.com. And it's also Pencil for Hire on Instagram. <laughs> I can never do it right. I'm so proud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want to follow that right now? He's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Give him a treat. <laughs> Tom, could you please pat him on the head? <laughs> I try. I try. Not on the first podcast. <laughs> Uh, check my side project gag on this podcast. It's run by Big Nick. Uh, we record every Wednesday at 5.30 at Blacktop Comedy in Rockland. We interview local comics and have a great time doing it. There's an open mic after that. Uh, come by, see how not funny we really are. And I think... Thank you for having me in. Thank you so much for coming out, Tom. Go listen to it. Yeah, thanks, Tom. This was fun. 105.1 KNCI. Good pat in here next time. Perfect. Yeah. And then, shoot, we'll have all three of you. I can... (laughs) I'll get in trouble with Robert, but I I think I'll listen to your podcast. (laughs) Because I was like... Well, it sounds interesting. Country country music writers, like, I want to hear that one. Your dad would be into that, too. My dad would be into that. He'd probably even know some of the Honestly, even if you don't listen to country, I think it's fascinating to listen to these people because they talk about their process. Yeah. And and, and just that creative process, it it blows my mind. You know, we, we work in sort of creative... Fields yeah. and, and you kind of you get glimpses of that creativity and, and these totally. people are so far man they, they've all been willing to kind of share you know what they go through and, and the process and it's different for every one of them yeah and it's, it's really really interesting yeah very cool I'm awesome give it a listen thank you so much Tom we will see you guys next week thank you thank you <laughs>